We are live and it is Thursday. Thursday is our topical discussion and we've been having a bit of a series discussing the fruits of atheism and what that looks like, what that means, the worldview and the impact behind it. And uh, it's 9 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Usually we go live at 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, but uh, there's some stuff going on, uh, responsibilities, if you will. And uh, we've just had to uh, start a bit earlier this week. And uh, that's just what it is, man. Good to have you. Stefan Maier is my name. AddedSouls.com is the website. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ in the East Coast of Canada. And you can check out the .com, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com. We also have a Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. That okay? That good? Yeah. So we've been going through an article from our friends over at apologeticspress.org. And in this article, uh, you'll, we are um, given information, logical information and reasoning in regards to atheism and what it looks like and what it what it produces, if you will. And so we've been kind of going through that in series format, and uh, we'll be putting that article up on the screen. And uh, as is our uh, custom to the series, we'll be reading together and kind of giving running commentary, sharing our thoughts and studies to the mix, and having ourselves a um, hopefully a, a beneficial session. A beneficial session, a session of value and substance to your life, our walk in this world as Christians, right? Many of us, of course, weren't always Christians, were we? I wasn't. I wasn't following Jesus for many, many years, decades. And a matter of fact, I quite hated Christianity for a while, didn't think it to be true at all, entertained the idea that there is no God. Why? Science, 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 science has said there is no God. So that's kind of the worldview we held on to for a while, and um, then we started to think for ourselves and truly seek to investigate these crazy, pesky Christians. What do they believe and why do they believe it? Um, and so we kind of did that. And for those among us who were humble of heart and willing to learn, we kind of found out some stuff. Found out that we have a lot more in common with atheists than we think we do, because atheism, or a great many individuals who perhaps have been um, unsuspectedly snared into the worldview of atheism, uh, the only thing they've ever really known is, quote-unquote, Christianity through the lens of error and malpractice. So if the only thing you've been privy to see and experience in your life is what is not pure Christianity— then you're going to think that what you have seen and witnessed is Christianity. In other words, we will never know true Christianity if we continue to think that everything and everyone who calls itself Christianity is Christianity, because it isn't. They aren't. And once you start to recognize that, then stuff starts to make a lot more sense. So along those lines, of course, uh, great discussion can be had. In the article at hand from our friends over at apologeticspress.org, uh, we um, continue therein the upright formula of the fruits that atheism produces. And from um, episodes past, and I encourage you, of course, to check out uh, the archives there um, and, and, and get into that, uh, the article title was... 
The Despair of Atheism. And it was written by our friend Kyle Butt over there at Apologetics Press. And um, we looked at implications. We looked at what it implies, atheism, and what it implies in life. Uh, and if you know, we looked at their literature. We looked at their leaders. Uh, we looked at their evangelist, uh, their, their faith in their timeline, and, and stuff like that. And uh, it gave great insight because, again, you want them to explain to us what their worldview is. I don't want to insert what I think they mean. I want them to tell me what they mean. Like, what is atheism? Allow them to tell you because there are various branches of atheism. Uh, they have various denominations, if you will. They, there is a pure atheistic worldview, by the way. But many of them have branched away from the pure atheistic worldview in order to adapt a denominational atheistic worldview. Uh, similar to, of course, Christianity. And if you are a reasonable person and have access to the faculty of your mind, you'll honestly uh, understand this to be true. There is pure Christianity. There is a true and pure Christ-like worldview. This goes back to Jerusalem during the reign of the Roman Empire in the first century. There is a pure and true atheistic worldview. And that has its origin, it has its its beginning, it has its 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 tenets, it 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 also has its doctrine, its its foundation, its belief system. In the pure system of Christianity, which is sourced solely from inspired recorded history and also re secular recorded history, but inspired literature, if you will, the 27 books of the New Testament, learning also from the 39 of the Old, um, individuals of a selfish nature have welcomed compromise and deviated away from pure Christianity. That was established, of course, in the first century. They've gone away from that and created their own form of Christianity. They've, cre they've created Christianity in their own image to what they want it to look like and practice and behave. So they've created their own traditions, their own rituals, their own shrines, their own everything, and called it Christianity. And thousands of years later, we have ourselves um, a great numeric platform of organizations calling themselves Christian organizations with various different titles and names uh, that are erroneous to pure Christianity. Okay? Well, the same is true of atheism to a certain measurement of, and degree because you have pure atheism, which, of course, in its raw form is simply animalistic. It's natural-based. It's we are not free-willed beings created in the image of a higher power. We are, we are mammal-like species. We have no thought or conscience. It's only a strange perception, perception that we do. And so we are animals and must brutally behave as animals. That is the rawest form of atheism. Atheism in its rawest form to those who adhere to the pure reality of, uh, of atheism uh, naturally become savage murderers because there is no purpose in life and there is no reason why you should be bound by a perception of conscience. Rape, pillage, murder destroy chaos division it doesn't matter 
Who cares? We can't care. Caring is not even part of the vocabulary. We are adherents and advocates of the pure form of atheism. Murder everyone that's in your way. Take what you want. Do what you want. It doesn't matter. There is no consequence. There is no right or wrong. There is no objective, absolute truth about anything in life. Everything is a whim. Everything is an emotion. And we can't even trust that because, again, we are products of primordial soup, which came about in the uh, faith of time and a nothingness spontaneously exploded into something. Like that, the, the purest form. And some of these academic leaderships and faculties and curriculums, they know the purest form and they teach that purest form. But an individual will have a breach of conscience to practice the purest form of atheism because that means I actually have to put into practice the belief system I've received. I have received the pure form of atheism, but I don't know if I want to act upon it. I don't want to murder my neighbors. I kind of feel bad if I do that. So I don't want to do that. I still want to like have the joys of certain things, like maybe find a partner that I really love and marry and maybe even have kids and have a good career and get along with people at work and stuff. I, I want that. I want to cling to the principles of Christianity, though I have fully denounced and have nothing to do with Christianity in my mind, though in hypocrisy, of course, I want to still cling to principles of Christianity, which have to do with, you know, love and tenderness and caring and stuff like that. So you have the pure form of atheism, and some do practice it. They will go all the way and murder everyone around them. Some of them become uh, tyrants of a nation and murder the citizenry in, in, in droves. Uh, those have names. Why did they do that? Survival of the fittest. They practiced the raw form of atheism. The raw form of atheism is pillage, rape, murder, destroy, control, because it doesn't matter. We're all animals. But most of the atheistic community, not the militant side of it, if you will, but most of the atheistic community, um, they're not going to practice those things. Because they see the value of Christian principles that they find they find beneficial in their life. They, they find joy in loving their spouse. They find joy in having children and loving their children. Okay, so you, you, are you with me? You follow? Well, there is a pure form of Christianity. There is a pure doctrine of the Christ. It, it has information that is inspired that teaches us the uniqueness of the church, the uniqueness of the plan of salvation, the uniqueness of worship, the uniqueness of the Christ and who his who he truly is in nature and character and, and behavior and, and his ministry, like the true, pure form of it. Well, some of us, we don't want that because we want to practice or hold on to carnal, fleshly uh, uh, um, accessibilities. Just like the atheist doesn't want to hold to the pure form of atheism, which would stop, you know, which which wouldn't give any any barriers to to what he wants to do in life. Uh, so you have some atheists who don't cling to pure atheism because they want the benefits of Christian principles in their life, and you have Christians who don't adhere to the pure form of Christianity because they want to have worldly principles in their life. Clear as mud? Oh, come on. 
I'm making a little bit of sense, aren't I? <laughs> so if you follow that train of thought, you'll, you'll start to, to see how we can modulize and, and truly make sense of, of atheistic worldview and its fruits, what it produces, and false Christian worldviews and what that produces, and then the pure form of Christianity and what that is. But we're not there. In this session, we're about the fruits of atheism and what they produce. And in our session today, we make our way to a location of the article, which is called Creating Our Own Meaning. Because again, if, 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 if we adhere to atheism, uh, various branches of its, its doctrine, its teaching, its evangelistic efforts, its religious connotations, its faith in time, its trust in time, stuff like that. If we do, then okay, there is no God, there is no right or wrong, there is no objective absolutes, everything's just, you know, an ism, the relativism, pluralism, emotionalism, atheism, progressivism, liberalism, Marxism, communism, ism, ism, fascism, ism, ism, ism. Okay, well, if so, then we have to create our own meaning. Because if there is a God, then there's a meaning. There's a meaning in life. The meaning is we have to find out what God wants us to do. That's that's our purpose in life. Purpose in life is find out what God wants us to do. Then when we find out, that is our purpose in life. That's the meaning of, of our existence. To be pleasing to God. To help others know about the love of God. So that we can all be converted to Christ, his son, our master. And go to heaven with him one day. To live on this earth in accordance with to the doctrine he wrote. Our purpose in life becomes very clear and very fulfilled. Okay, but if that don't exist, that's not real, that, that's not a thing, okay, then what is life about? Well, some make it out to be materialistic. Let's just get a whole bunch of stuff. Others may make it out to be power. I need power. I need to control a nation. I need to control something. I'm, uh, I need power. Pride greed, uh, you name it. What, what does it become? Well, we, we become our own gods, maybe. So we're going to read a bit of the article from our friends at apologeticspress.org and kind of look into that and see, indeed, if we can reason together as free-thinking individuals and uh, recognize that maybe, maybe if we truly are honest with ourselves, we will change our thoughts in accordance to the reason and logic of a higher power, entertaining the thought that there could be something greater than ourselves. And that isn't aliens or some strange green creatures on a distant galaxy. That it, it actually is a, a person, a supernatural divine person who has always been, is now, and will forevermore be, who does not live submissive to the natural realm, but that has indeed created all that is good and upright in our existence. And that we have lawlessly destroyed. And a consequence of sin, of course, is death, which is why none of us here can leave without first feeling the sting of death. Okay, so let me put uh, the uh, article here on the screen. 
There we go. Apologetics Press is the location where the article is found, and uh, we're at the portion called Creating Our Own Meaning. Creating Our Own Meaning. Please consider, my dear friends, to subscribe to the channel, giving us a thumbs up, writing a comment, saying, hi, how are you doing? Amen, agree, whatever. Uh, and sharing the link far and wide. Share the link far and wide. It is important information, and we do believe that some others out there, like you and I, would be interested and would benefit from this information. And it might help to change the community, change minds, change the community, and become united uh, and uh, free, free, a free people. Please, please consider doing that. Okay, so creating our own meaning, question mark. Well, if there is no God, then the implication that life ultimately has no real meaning cannot be denied. It just can't. I mean, if you, re if you reason with it, and even there, uh, again, even the atheistic scholarships of the academic world, they'll say that. They, they, there's no true meaning to life, ultimately. Because again, they know the pure form of atheism. They may not practice it. They don't want to practice it because they know the consequences of truly practicing a godless worldview. It's rape, it's pillage, it's murder, it's all of that. They don't want that, but they they still want to cling to the uh, pure doctrine of it. Okay, knowing, however, that humans have an, in, uh, an innate sense that their lives have meaning and need to have a purpose, atheism is burdened with the un, um, unenviable task of manufacturing meaning with no raw materials, whipping it into existence out of thin air. How does this work? Like how, how do they do that? Well, one approach put forward by leading unbelievers is that we simply create our own. Individual meaning in our lives. If there is no outside source of power to give us meaning, then we must inwardly make our own. If there is no true one living God, powerful God, then we make ourselves out to be our own gods. I'm a god. And as a god, I don't like this and I like that, so I'm going to murder everything I don't like and I'm going to keep everything I like. And I'll rule a nation that way. I'm the new king in Egypt. When asked about the meaning of life, Elon Shaha, author of the Young Atheist Handbook, stated, and here a quote from, from what he has to say. Again, it's, it's best that we allow them from their own context and mouth and penmanship to tell us what it is that they mean. Yes, of course I know that life is ultimately without meaning or purpose. I imagine that's, just, that, that's what you're telling your, your, your child, you know, <laughs> your 10-year-old child. You know, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, son. It's really not... You're, do what you want to do, ultimately, that makes you happy because there's really no purpose in life. There's no happiness. You're here for a while, you're an animal, and then you're going to die. Okay, be happy now. Have a nice day. I mean, how does that work, right? Even the, even the, now to me, even that premise is, is so destructive or foolish or, you know, ridiculous, really. Yet I used to cling to that, and I used to believe that firmly. I thought that was science. I thought that made sense to me. But the trick is not to wake up every morning and feel that way. So he says, of course, I know. Like, it's a fact. 
But remember, in the realm of pure, pure atheism, there is no such a thing as fact. Now, it's a walking hypocrisy. He says, this atheist here says, of course I know. No, you don't. You know nothing. That's your doctrine. You can't know anything for an objective absolute. Which is, of course, why he's going to go where he's going to go. That life is ultimately without meaning or purpose. So it's a fact. It's an objective absolute, which is something, of course, that goes against his doctrine. In his doctrine, in his world of atheism, there is no objective absolute. He can't even speak the fact. He can't even speak it. Because he shouldn't even be thinking it because he's an animal. But the trick is, he says, is to not wake up every morning and feel that way. What a deceptive life. What a, what a, what a duplistic existence. There is no meaning in life or purpose whatsoever. None of it. That's an objective absolute. Though we do not believe in objective absolutes, we know for sure there is no meaning in life. But the trick is, is not to feel like that. Make it make sense. These are individuals who are held on pedestals. These are individuals who are in leadership in academic curriculums, who are teaching little Johnny and little Susie at school. That life is meaningless. It has no purpose. But try to make yourself feel like if there is something of worth. When really there isn't. Cognitive dissonance, he says, question mark, embrace it. Oh, <laughs> fully embrace lunacy, delusion, disorder. Because really, nothing can be known. No one knows anything. But I know for sure that there is no meaning and purpose in life. So therefore, you got to try to feel some kind of a way. Look at this. Create a sense of meaning and purpose. Well, how can you even have the conscience to think of a thing? You're an animal. Create a sense of meaning and purpose by doing something useful with your life. I teach. <sighs> An individual who thinks he is a teacher teaching the realm of nothing to mean something is the height of foolishness. Hey kids, I know nothing and I'm going to teach you a whole bunch about nothing but let's try to find something in nothing. Someone says, <gasps> That is the smartest thing I've ever known. Sir, can I quote you on Facebook? That's where we're at. That's why boys think they're girls and girls think they're boys. And perverts teach our kids that they were born in the wrong body. Create a sense of meaning and purpose. Deceive yourself into thinking that there is purpose in life. When really there isn't. See me, I became a teacher. Being creative, he says. He don't believe in creation, but he's teaching the kids how to be creative. Are you with me? And we're supposed to be the ones who are completely bonkers, nuts, and foolish. Again, because most atheists believe 
that what they see out there as Christianity is Christianity when it isn't. So they resort to the other side of the fence, the other worldview, which is atheism. You see the perpetual cycle downwards, spiral downwards? By doing something useful with your life, I teach, he says, by uh, being creative. I, I don't mean that in a Ponzi hipster way. I mean that, I mean, I mean make a curry, build some bookshelves, write a poem. Yeah, but why does it even matter? Nothing really matters. Just you wait and see. Nothing really matters to me. And most importantly, he says, find people you like and love and spend lots of time with them. Why? Why? Why must I deceive myself into a false meaning? Why try so hard? Why try so hard to pretend that Christian principles are real when they're not? Love? Family? Teach? Create? Why would I? <laughs> this is what he's saying. There is no God, there is no meaning, no one can know anything at any time. But I know this for sure. There is nothing to know. But I know that for sure. And because I know that for sure, what you need to do is deceive yourself into believing and practicing Christian principles because they're not real. And so we have to create in ourselves the thought that they are. Because love. But you see, love's not a real thing in the realm of atheism. <laughs> it's a construct of evolution. Right? Oh, and they can't describe what that looks like. The formula, the scientific formula and model to test and observe when love evolved into mankind in the conscious mind, they, they, they won't, they, they can't go there. So therefore, you know, the ad hominem begins to be uh, regurgitated. He continues and says, I regularly have people over for dinner, throw parties for no other reason than I just want to spend time surrounded by the people I love. And he doesn't have the fortitude to kind of sit back there and all his intelligence and academic inclines to say, why? Since I'm an animal, why am I thinking this way? Why do I want to spend my time surrounded by people I love? What is love? Well, it's nothing, of course. But then why do I want to make it something if it's nothing? I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, you are, buddy. I know. I used to be there. I used to be right there. In the realm of nothing, thinking I knew something. Teaching something from nothing. And he says, if you're really stuck, eat rice and dal. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah that'll fix it all up. That'll fix it all up there, little Johnny. Physically filling yourself with the food you love really does fill the emptiness you may feel inside. How can it be true that you feel nothingness? Like, how, how does that feeling emptiness work? I mean, I don't... Again, which is why if you go to the purest form of atheism and those who adhere and practice the pure form of atheism are going to rape, pillage, and murder, conquer nations, destroy nations, depopulate the citizenry. But to individuals like this here, quote-unquote, teacher... He don't really want to do that because that don't sound like fun. So he needs to deceive himself into thinking that Christian principles are real and he wants to embrace those. While simultaneously teaching the kids that there is nothing in life and atheism is science. 
I mean, to me now, that sounds so ridiculous. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's mind-numbing. I'm having a hard time reading it. Now, now, in, in, now. But 20 years ago, oh, this, oh, this is just a work of a scholarly mind. This is the most scientific thing I've ever read. It's, it's, it's just pure genius. The article from our friends over at apologeticspress.org continues here and says, Biology professor, author, and lecturer Jerry Coyne, Coyne states, and this is what he says, What people cannot abide is the conviction that the universe and life are pointless. Which is what really science is telling us. Oh, science speaks now. Science is no longer a tool to be utilized pointing to a reality. No, okay, which is what really science is telling us. Hmm, interesting. He says, pointless in the sense that there is no externally imposed purpose or point in the universe as a oh, in the universe. Then he says, as atheist, this is something that is manifestly true to us. We make our own meaning and purpose. Science says there is no God. There is no purpose in life. We're all just a bunch of larvae. Lower than the insect, probably. And uh, that's just, that's what it is. It's an objective absolute truth that we know no objective absolute truth. That there is no purpose in life. So we make our purpose to tell you there is no purpose in life. And the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Dr. Pete Etchells, lecturer and science writer, expounded on the idea of creating our own meaning when he said, quoting now, Whenever I get involved in conversations about the meaning of life and where everything's headed, I can't help but feel that there's an underlying assumption that because there are big questions... They necessarily need big answers. There aren't any, though. There really aren't any, right? We're not here for a universal purpose. And there is no grand plan, no matter how tempting it is to believe it. Why would it be tempting? Why would humanity be tempted into believing that there is a higher purpose in our lives? Hmm. Let's not ask that question. Not allowed to. Remain shackled in your small little dungeon, thinking yourself a free thinker. Yeah, let's do that. But that's absolutely fine because it means that if there aren't any big answers, the little ones are all the more important. He sure knows a whole bunch of everything about nothing, don't he? So every day, I take, I take my dog out for a walk in the field near my house. Sometimes I get to see a pretty sunset. But usually it's either bucketing down and I get soaked or cold, or the field is full of mud and bugs and dog poop, and it's a pain to navigate through. And he finishes off saying, Whatever the situation, though, my dog has the most ridiculous fun ever, and being a part of that little moment of joy is what it's all about. Seeing my dog take a crap, that's the purpose of life. That's what I've made my meaning all about, because nothing exploded into something, and there is nothing that has to do with something, and we have to create something out of nothing. And so my dog, you know, and his uh, feces there, well, 
That's the meaning of life for me. Atheism. Atheism right there. You know, our kids are falling prey to this stuff, you know, because they're being taught this makes sense at school. They're being taught that nonsensical things are a very sensible thing. They're being taught that nothing means something. They're being taught that uselessness and meaninglessness um, mean something. And because they see the hypocrisy of their parents who pretend they know Christianity, don't really live it, don't really understand it. I mean, to them, the model of nothingness seems right. Yeah, that's science. That's science. No God, no meaning. Or let's just create our own meaning. Right? This individual made his dog taking a dump a meaning in his life. That's the meaning of his life, to watch his dog do that. So, the article continues over at apologeticspress.org. So, the answer to the meaning of life is make curry, build a bookshelf, or wander through a muddy field full of dog poop and watch your dog have fun? Yeah, I guess that's the meaning of life. So the problem with this create-your-own-meaning approach is twofold. First, the article says, it refuses to take the word, the word meaning seriously. Well, how can it? Again, nothing is real. Nothing is true. There is no objective absolute, and I am, ob and I am objectively absolutely sure of it. See the hypocrisy there? It is a semantic game in which the word can be applied to anything. Meaning, for you, might be watching your dog run. For me, it might be watching paint dry. For him, it might be watching grass grow, etc., etc., etc. Just because an activity may bring mo uh, momentary tranquility or pleasure to a person does not endow it with any objective meaning. I enjoy pepperoni pizza. Is that the meaning of life? I'll even go as so far as to speak things that are truly wonderful and far above more important and serious than just seeing your dog have fun and doing his business, eating pizza. What about marrying your best friend and finding true love and joy? What about having children and the blessing of children and having family, having career? Aren't those things wonderful? Absolutely. Are they products that perhaps are an opportunity for you? Absolutely. But is it the meaning of life to simply procreate and find a loving partner to marry? Though it is a blessing, though it is indeed perhaps a byproduct of the greater meaning. Oh, what is the greater meaning of life? Why are we here? Why do we find ensoulment in our conception grow as a little human being in the womb of the mother, live an experience, and then die. Well, if you go to these here individuals, the atheistic worldview, you're not going to find anything to nothing because nothing produces nothing. And they're trying to tell you it produces something. 
and you're going to keep walking round and round and thinking that the dog dropping its feces on the ground is the meaning of life. And that we all come from one same ancestor, one single cell somewhere, and that we're all... We're all ancestral lineage to, I don't know, a worm? Okay, let's keep reading here. It says, A person's arbitrary attachment of the word meaning to something does not somehow create meaning in any real sense, not for that person or for others. Abraham Lincoln once uh, sagely quipped, quote, How many legs does a calf have if you call its tail a leg? Four. Just because you call it a tail, uh, just because you call a tail a leg, does not make it so. Uh oh, there's that whole logic thing. Just because a middle-aged, burly man thinks he's a 16-year-old, teeny-bopping girl, doesn't make it so. Yet we've given them access to our daughter's washing room, washrooms and sports, and, eh, oh, what am I talking about? What do I know? <laughs> okay, let's keep reading here. Attaching the words meaning and purpose to a bowl of shrimp and grits or a sushi roll will never be sufficient to answer the most urgent question of life. I enjoy pizza. It makes me happy. It's the meaning of my life. Some do. That's the... That's the... That's the... Um, that's the product and fruit of an atheistic worldview. Okay, so that's the first. The second here it says, and again, I appreciate all of you and your kind attention uh, to this information. Please consider subscribing, liking, sharing, drop a comment, all that wonderful stuff. You can support this work. It's through your support we move forward. You can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free, and you can choose to support there monthly. You will have access to uploads and live streams, exclusive content, stuff like that. I encourage you to do that if you are willing and able. You can also just send donation through PayPal at itssouls at gmail.com. You can also, if you seek a physical address, reach out to me. We can have a video chat. We can have ourselves a, a phone call or an email exchange and uh, go about it that way. No worries there at all. My name is Stefan Maillet. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. You can check out the .com, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com, or you can check out our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. Okay, so the article continues here, and it says in the second part, or in the second insurmountable problem for this approach of creating meaning, is that those who propound it intentionally hide the dark truth that necessarily follows. Well, obviously, we can't talk about the th those things, are we? No, no, we can't. Not allowed to do that. So they often paint a picture of self-created meaning in rosy terms of a tranquil couple viewing a sunset, a man walking his beloved dog, or a parent running and laughing with a child. It has to. You have to put whipped cream on the cow patty. You have to take the dog's feces and turn them into a flowery, uh, how should I say, a flowery... Uh, um, Oh, what's the name of it? Uh, <laughs> you have to turn something bad into something good is the idea here. And I lost the word that I was looking for, the descriptive nature of it. 
But yeah, you have to take a cow patty and you have to put ice cream on it and be like, look at this, guys. Doesn't it look so good? Mm, have a bite. Okay, so what they what they are forced to omit if they want to keep up the ruse is that self-created meaning can manifest itself through any behavior, including genocide, serial killing, torture, terminal drug addiction, overdose, and so on and so forth. Using the proponent's own logic, a man could just as easily say he finds meaning in killing other people's dogs in the park as in watching his own pet frolic playfully. As Summers and Rosenberg are uh, accurately stated, quoting now from them, Darwinism thus puts the capstone on a process which, since Newton's time, has driven the, uh, uh, theology to the explanatory sideline. In short, it has made Darwin, uh, Darwinians into metaphysical nihilists, denying that there is any meaning or purpose to the universe, its contents, and its cosmic history. But in making Darwinians into metaphysical nihilists, the solvent algorithm should have made them into ethical nihilists too. For intrinsic values and obligations make sense only against a backdrop of purposes, goals, and ends which are not merely instrumental. In bold, quoting, but the Darwinian philosophers have shied away from this implication. Hmm. Uh-huh. If human existence has no real meaning, then neither do moral or ethical ideas. And that's where they just completely miss it. It goes over their head purposely, willfully. They don't want to know this, but it is indeed a solid fact. And it is one of the many solid objective realities that helped me be snatched away from the dark department of godless quarters. We may like to think that humans would adhere to some type of generally accepted guidelines, but we would have no grounds to insist that they do. I may, quote, create my own meaning by reading a book to a child, while another person may contend that they find meaning in killing their parents and cannibalism. And interestingly enough, of course, there is an account of an individual who speaks his, his experience as an atheist and taking an axe to his father's mind, his father's skull. Why? Well, because who cares? We're all a bunch of animals. There's no meaning. He put it into practice. He went to jail, and in jail, someone introduced him to Christianity. He hated Christianity, but after a while, hey, man, this Christianity stuff seems to make more sense. But you need to pierce through the false Christianity, and there's a notion of that stuff. You got to pierce through that and make your way way back to the first century in Jerusalem during the reign of the Roman Empire and find out what was going on there that created the burst of a worldwide movement, pure Christianity. The article continues and says, There is no rational grounds upon which a person could argue that reading a book to a child is more meaningful than murder than murder and cannibalism. You In, in atheism, there just isn't. An atheist says, well, I don't murder and I don't, I don't practice cap. Yeah, but your law, your doctrine, your worldview permits it. Ours says, no, that's bad. There's consequences to that. If you do that, that's bad. That's a sin. Not only will you go on in jail here on earth, you'll also be eternally punished and damned. That's a thing. 
But in the atheistic worldview, there is no law. There is no saying no to anything except Christianity. Oh, we are objectively, absolutely certain that Christianity is wrong. But everything else is permissible. Christianity, bad. Pure Christianity, bad. Cannibalism, murder, rape, pillage, chaos. Well, that's permissible. It's just a product of evolution. It's natural. It's just, you know, it's not wrong. Can't say it's wrong. Like, I don't, I wouldn't personally do it. Because, and then you go back to the atheist who in his mind has mental assent to believing the doctrine of pure atheism, but will not practice it in his life, but would rather cling to Christian principles like love. The hypocrisy of it is just astounding. And, 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 and it, it is just as true. It is just as real and true for the Christian who has a mental assent of pure Christianity, but does not live nor behave pure Christianity in his life because he wants to live the godless worldview. They're in creating an ocean of hypocrisy out there to which the atheist looks at and says, I don't want to be that. I'd rather be this. And I agree with him. If you're going to choose a delusion, why not choose the delusion of atheism? At least in the delusion of atheism, you can say, I live in sin, I practice sin, I do sin, and that's just it. And I do it, and I'm okay with it, and there's no, I'm just going to do it. While in Christianity... The delusional side of Christianity, which is not true and pure Christianity, of course, as Paul would describe the gospel being pure in Galatians chapter 1, it's the same facet. Okay, so we keep reading. It says, after all, as Camus, or Camus, Camus said, quote, let me repeat, none of all this has any real meaning. A philosopher, John Paul Sartre, declared, quote, Everything is indeed permitted if God does not exist. They know it. You know it. I know it. The create-your-own-meaning approach fails miserably. Fails miserably. And that would bring us to life has no meaning but just act like it does portion of the article. We're not going to get into that. We've already got about 40-some minutes in this session. I'm going to change the uh, visual here once again. There we go. Here I am. Boom, bang. Um, so yeah, um, this is what's going on. This is truly what it is. And if you are capable, again, of having access to the faculties of your neurological pathogens that you can think for yourself independently, you'll see this. Dude, listen to me. If I can, the son of a factory worker, born and raised in nowhere, nowhere land, blue collar zone kind of stuff, not much educated. Uh, you can get this. You, you can think. You can understand this. You just first have to entertain the first little seed, which is, what if atheism isn't science, and what if I'm more than an animal? I know it's a scary thought. Hey, man, don't get me wrong. I know it's a scary thought. Because if you begin there, it implies other thoughts to come. And man, what if it leads to a change in my life? What if the change in your life is more beneficial than what you are currently living? What if the change is truly to bring forth a deep purpose and meaning in your life? You'd be robbing yourself from things that are good and real. But you have to begin there. You have to tell yourself, hey, maybe, listen, I did, maybe I've been wrong. Maybe, 
all these sources I've been listening to are wrong. To get there, it takes a humble heart, though. It takes, it takes a free-thinking mind. You have to find yourself in a free-thinking mind. Atheism told us we were free-thinkers, science. We weren't. We were shackled in a cold dungeon, not permitted to ask any questions leading to reality. And if you listen to these prominent uh, uh, components and advocates of atheism, Listen carefully to what they are saying. I mean, look at just the quotes we, we, we read in this article. There is no meaning in life, so now let me tell you how we find meaning in life. Because there is no meaning. Because I know nothing. Nothing. Something. I don't know. A dog taking a poop. There, that's something. That's meaning in life. Like, I mean, are you really going to lower your standard of intellectual capability to such a foolish worldview? No, really. Do you know why we've been stifled and hindered in our scientific advancements and engineering? Oh, I know. We've oh, don't get me wrong. I we recognize the great progress we've made. But do you recognize how slow that progress has been because of the godless worldview? Are you aware that all scientists of the past who have created some of the most marvelous things we now take for granted came at the mind of a creationist, an individual who knew there was a higher power? Christianity, the principle? We've stifled and hindered and at a great many locations bring to a knot the scientific field and the model that produces We're now more concerned about building another Tower of Babel than we are curing mankind of various illnesses. We want to enter hell with a full belly, don't we? We'd much rather enter into the gates of hell on a full belly than eternally live in heaven with Christ entering therein on an empty stomach. We've made the physical more important than the spiritual. We've made the animals to be our gods all over again. We're a bunch of Egyptians. Why do you think the imagery that is coming out of the world in the arts has Egyptian hieroglyphic, Egyptian uh, worldview? Because once again, we've made the animals to be our gods. You know, if I go out in this community here, this is a statement of reality. Only those who have their head in the sand still voting for the same prime minister or president are going to miss this point. But in this community, if I go out there and I go to a animal hospital, you'll find the facility quite luxurious. Oh, they'll offer you cookies and coffee. Everything is clean. You could eat off the floor. Everything is beautiful, very welcoming. The staff, wonderful people, very kind, welcoming. The animals are treated as kings. All the medicine you want. And it's under a system, of course, in which you pay for the service. Would you know it? Oh, yeah. You actually get to pay to have your animal looked after immediately. 
by all these animal physicians and nurses. And oh, it's a beautiful experience. It's a wonderful thing. And if you cross the street to the human hospital, well, what do you think you're going to find there? Right? The fruits of atheism, socialism, holes in the walls, expired equipment, filth, dirt, nasty, overworked, underpaid, understaffed, overwhelmed, death, disease, sickness. I'd much rather go to jail. At least there you're going to get three warm meals a day. Shoot some pool. Watch some poker on TV. Play with the friends there on the other aisle. Why is that? Why are our animals treated way better than human beings? Atheism. Godlessness. That was the first ism that needed to come in. The devil knew that was the first ism that needed to infiltrate the Western culture, permeate it, contaminate it, conquer it. Infiltrate, dismantle, take over. Once the ism of atheism had truly taken over the generation of our child's mind in all these academic institutions from the, from the greatest powers of our public experience, government, corporation, academics, entertainment, media, all of it, and all the various modules within those branches to the same tree. It needed to contaminate it. It needed to corrupt it with atheism. After atheism, then we knew everything else in ism world would be received by the populace, the citizenry. That's it. That's why. That's why. The reason animals are treated better and have better facilities treating them than human beings who are dying outside, freezing to death in dumpsters because we're not allowed to have wood stoves in the house. We need to have carbon-friendly electrical this and electric oh i could just go on and on it's just ridiculous all the things we are currently living in this fallen and broken nation all the injustice all the corruption all of it stems to the very fact of atheism that there is no god here comes the ibuprofen uh, uh thought that i utilize in illustration form all the time and if you've been watching me for a while, you've heard this before. The ibuprofen theory. Well, theory. I don't know if it's a theory. The ibuprofen illustration. Ibuprofen will eliminate or diminish your migraine for a given period of time. But you will most absolutely have another migraine down the road. So therein, the pharmaceutical business knows to sell you a container with 50 capsules, 100 capsules, 500 capsules, you're always going to take another ibuprofen. Why? Because you're not dealing with the source of the migraine. You're only masking the pain for a small while and then taking another to mask it again. You don't want to talk about your diet. You don't want to talk about the things that you put into your body that would most certainly create gut issues leading to migraine. You don't want to do that. 
the source cause of everything we see out there. You can call it the economy. You can call it a matter of money. It isn't. We can try to find all these small bandages, band-aids, momentary fixes. Not going to work permanently. Never will. What's the source issue? What's the source problem? Godlessness. We don't love each other. We don't know who Jesus is. You see what I'm saying? Some of you will. I love you and appreciate you, my fellow true, pure Christians. Yes, we are in a fight. We are in a battle between good and evil. We aren't wrestling against flesh and blood, but against these powers and principalities in heavenly places which have consequence here on this earth. We need to stand up for what is right. We need to expose evil. We need to have courage. But we need to be compassionate and loving and approachable, balanced and seasoned, to which I, I'm trying my best to learn and mature. I got a long way to go. But if our foundation is in Christ, there is hope. There is hope. Friends, know God. There is no meaning in life. Learn pure Christianity. If you'd like to learn more about that and for, and we can be of a service to you, come sit down and study with us. We labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. You can check out the .com. You can check out our Facebook page. We'd love to study with you. We, stu- we study with visitors every week. Some learn, understand, and follow the Christ, some go away, continue doing their own thing. But the opportunity is there for you. Stefan Maia is my name. AddedSouls.com is the website. Please kindly consider supporting this work. Reach out to me if you have any concerns or questions. Be more than happy to talk to you. Stay focused and stay positive tomorrow, Lord willing. We will be looking at our sociopolitical session. We have an itinerary all week, right? If you look at the days, each day has a theme. Look at that. Subscribe to that. And uh, yeah, now I got to go participate in the festivities and the plannings and the errands necessary for my uh, son's birthday today. It's our little Keeny boy's birthday, and he's 10 years old. I can't believe it. Our youngest son is 10 years old. We love him so much. So we're going to go make his day special as it deserves to be. All right, guys. You'll see me online. I'll be around. Peace out.